Hey everybody, today we're reading 1st John chapter 2. Which is much longer than 1st John chapter 1. But uh, it's still a really amazing chapter because uh, we see John really explaining to, you know, his um, dear little children, right? His uh, uh, disciples, you know, what it really means to have Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and I think that, the, again, as we talked about yesterday, there's a lot of these verses that maybe you've known because you've heard before. Uh, and the important thing is always to see them in context because John, much like Paul does in like Galatians or Colossians, is trying to keep people from falling into incorrect extremes. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, for example, from the very first one, right. I don't want you to sin. Like, you know, like, Hey, I'm just gonna put that out there. I don't want you to sin. But if anyone does sin, it's not saying that you have to live sinless. It's saying that if you, but at the same time, we don't want you to sin. Exactly, which uh, goes into verse three. It's like you know you are saved if you keep his commands, which is not sinning, right? right? Um, and you know because if you say you know Jesus but you keep sinning, then you know really examine like, hey, like you don't have that fruit of what a Christian would have. Right, but he's not saying in verse seven that this is some new thing, mm -hmm. right? That oh. It's always been this way, right, that the, if the you whole... really understand what God has done for you, then of course you're going to live in a way that follows him. Uh, but then verse 8, it is kind of a new thing, because in Jesus we see the fullness of what God really is trying to do. Yeah, and verse 8 to me, I think, was such a beautiful verse that I've read a million times, but I've really thought about, that this idea that Jesus is light, right? We go back to this light uh, motif. Um, haha, light motif. But uh, the darkness is passing, the light has come, the sun has come, right? And he ha has won through the cross and the resurrection. He is winning in this world currently, and he will win at the end in the last days. And I think it's this kind of, this understanding of light and of truth that John is saying is that it will change you, right? Mm -hmm. That if you, you know, were in a dark cave and you're trying to find your way out, you're going to walk a certain way. And once the light gets turned on, if you're still stumbling the same way, then clearly the light has not been turned on, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think it's understanding that all these commandments, they're not things that God requires of us to do to be saved, but they are evidence of salvation. And then, uh, I'm just going to go into Poetry break. Beautiful poetry break. It's like, yeah, where uh, John just spontaneously starts composing this beautiful poem where... Um, and it's not so much to say, like, you have to be all these things, but there will be times when you are one of these, you fall into one of these categories, where you are a child, where you are a father, where you are a young adult, um, and it's beautiful. Right. And I think as a pastor, I really resonate with this because you'll notice that he says, I am not writing to you so that you will do things. Because I think that's the easy thing, temptation, right? Oh, I'm going to write you a letter in order to get you to do something, or even as he said before, so that you won't sin. But if you'll notice in this poem, there isn't a to, right? It's a because. It's a because. He's not saying, I'm writing to you in order that you have to achieve anything. I'm trying to remind you of these things that are already true in your life. Right, then after this beautiful poetry break, we kind of go into some warnings that uh, uh, John gives. First is not to love the world, right? Because uh, verse 17, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives yeah, forever. Again, that, that because. Right. right. And then the last warnings he has is about denying the son. Now, this is 
a really big deal because even today we have people who say Jesus Antichrist Antichrist um, Obama's the Antichrist <laughs> Trump is the Antichrist so if you look biblically the Antichrist simply means one who is against the son and the father um, yeah. which is why and, he actually says there are many Antichrists right and he even again people that take this out of context in verse 22 he explains this who is the liar it is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ such a person is the Antichrist <laughs> Right, and um, John is saying, hey, we need to be sure that what we have heard from the beginning, right, this, the word of truth that came from Jesus and then from John and then from his uh, disciples, right, that that is what we need to remain in and abide in. Right, and hold is true. And I think verse 26 alludes to kind of his pressing issue, which is that John understands there are going to be those who lead you astray. And earlier it says even people that were once with us you know, and I think that that's a reality that we have to face. That just mm-hmm. because somebody goes to church, just because somebody has a title as a pastor, just because somebody even uses the Bible, might not be mm-hmm. that they're really acknowledging Christ and the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's something to be aware of, uh, and it's going to pervade. Mm-hmm. And uh, it ends with this um, beautiful section where he refers once again to us as his dear children. Um, uh, John does, and uh, yeah, and I, it's an encouragement, right, that uh, we know that if we do what is right, and that doesn't mean we're perfect, but we strive to imitate Christ, that's when we know we're in Him. And we're going to continue that theme tomorrow.